0: Welcome to Eva India Insights Podcast. I'm Palavi, your host for today's episode. Dive into our new series of the Interim Budget 2024, where we unravel profound insights from the macroeconomic landscape to the direct impact of budget on individuals, taxpayers, and businesses. Joining us is Rajneesh Gupta, Eva India partner of Tax and Economic Policy Group. He comes with over 30 years of expertise in shaping public policy across diverse industries like energy, natural resources, telecom, IT, automobiles and education. Thank you Rajneesh, for joining us and welcome to our podcast.
1: Thanks for inviting me and a pleasure for me.
0: Thank you Rajnish. To start off uh, with a simple question, what are the highlights of the budget for you?
1: So this budget is in line with government's stated goal of focusing on economic growth, which is the number one agenda for our country. So the budget says that we have a target for the economy to grow to $7 trillion by 2030, and to make India a developed country by 2047. Now, one of the pillars of this growth, uh, which has been emphasized both by the RBI and the government is to ensure that there is macroeconomic and fiscal stability. So this budget focuses on maintaining economic growth with lower inflation. So, for example, for the coming year, there's a 10.5% nominal growth rate of the economy that has been assumed in doing the projections. So if we were to assume a 7% real growth rate, then we are looking at a GDP deflator of 3.5%, which are both uh, very welcome assumptions. They are also looking at continuing the process of reducing the fiscal deficit, which is projected at 5.1% for the coming year in 2024 25 Now this is really good because it safeguards India from future economic shocks. It'll also ensure that the inflation stays low and that more savings are available for private investment and the government doesn't take the bulk of the savings away. The revenue and the expenditure estimates which the government has done, they are based on the trends which we have seen in the past few budgets. So they have not been aggressive in their revenue estimates. So the tax buoyancy, for example, is projected at 1.09 for 24-25 against an achievement of uh, 1.4 in the year that has gone by. So they're quite conservative. There continues to be a focus on spending on infrastructure which has been one of the major drivers of the growth for the Indian economy, along with private investments which are flowing into the real estate sector. So the instruments of growth have been maintained. They've also avoided large-scale spending on freebies, especially given that this is an election year. And lastly, by not tinkering with the taxes and in the way the government spends its money, what the budget is signaling is it signals stability, it signals predictability, and it signals continuity. So that I would say are the main takeaways that I have
0: from the budget. Thank you, Rajneesh, for highlighting the uh, budget. Highlights uh, now, shifting the gears towards the manufacturing sector. Government has been pushing manufacturing in India and for India to be at How does this budget build upon this policy objective?
1: Yeah, so uh, one of the things that uh, stood out for me is the focus that the government continues to have on manufacturing and becoming Atam Nirbhar. So I think the government recognizes that the era of uh, hyper globalization and global manufacturing is over. And uh, they also recognize that the integration of global supply chains which has taken place in the last few decades is there to stay. And if there are any alternatives, then they will take time to emerge. However, uh, given all that, uh, this does not deter the government from pursuing opportunities like uh, trend-shoring. And then there is the focus on transportation and logistics costs on bringing them down and bringing them down to a level which makes the final prices of our products competitive and in this budget all the money that the government is spending on the rail and roads are going in a way towards that objective and there was a very significant announcement when the government said that they would be investing in dedicated freight corridors routes with movement of mineral produce and for port connectivity projects now all these are to do with freight transportation And once these are implemented, it'll make the logistics costs lower and make the manufacturing more competitive. Then the finance minister also spoke about the India Middle East and the European corridor, which again is related to the movement of goods and uh, which again will drive manufacturing in India. And then uh, the FM also talked about the bilateral investment agreements and she did not talk about FTAs. So, really, the Signal which is being given is that the focus is on investing in India. Uh, though, of course, I must say uh, there was one disappointment that the sunset uh, clause for the concessional 15% tax rate on the new manufacturing units was uh, uh, not extended. And then, you know, there were these other announcements which were there, like on the oil seeds mission or become Atam Nibbhar in defense manufacturing. Now, both these are huge import items which are there for India. So if you put all these announcements all together, so I'd say that the thrust in manufacturing would continue, even though, uh, you know, um, uh, the shift in the supply chains is not happening as fast as was anticipated a few years ago.
0: Thank you, Viknish, for those inputs. Moving on, we see that the climate change and the energy transition are big issues globally. What is the government thinking and how do the budget announcements align with this thinking?
1: In the budget speech, the FM emphasised the importance of energy security for India. And uh, we know that uh, a lot of the past economic crises, like in 1991 were triggered by high oil prices and we import energy in a significant way. So in the government thinking, it's quite clear that the energy transition and energy security meaning reduction on uh, uh, of imports go hand in hand and energy transition in a way is a tool for uh, 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 increasing india's energy independence she also emphasized that the commitment to becoming net zero by 2070 stays now while the government is uh, committed to all this i think what they really have to balance is the pace at which decarbonization happens and the They don't want to push decarbonization too fast should it start impacting the economic growth. So for example, the power demand has grown at 9% over the last two years. And uh, uh, we have had to use coal-based power to meet that demand. Now there is pressure which is there from the advanced economies and institutions to reduce the usage of fossil fuels. And there are new instruments like the carbon border adjustment mechanism which forces the timeline. So I think that is the type of constraint, which which the government is working in time in terms of the pressure globally and its own commitment, uh, its own commitment and its own needs. So I think all these announcements which are there, for example, the focus on rooftop solar promoting biofuels or investments in uh, in coal gasification and liquefaction capacity, all point towards one, India becoming a more greener economy, which is there and we become green by using domestic resources and reducing the import of energy. The other thing uh, in this uh, energy transition is that uh, this is supposed to be achieved through implementation of a lot of new technologies like uh, carbon capture and utilization or green hydrogen or offshore wind. Now these are being developed globally through huge subsidies being given by those governments and we don't have the fiscal space to give similar incentives in India. However, the government, by announcing that there would be viability gap funding for uh, one gigawatt of offshore wind is basically signaling that uh, we'll try to be in the game and push these technologies to the extent that the fiscal uh, 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 space in India allows it to do that. And uh, lastly, on this I suspect, though this has not been explicitly stated in the budget, that there may be changes in the FAME scheme. One, the allocation is lowered by about nearly 2,000 crores, and then the focus will move towards charging infrastructure and e-buses rather than uh, subsidies for individual consumers.
0: Thank you, Ritri. Lastly, is there any particular statement in the interim budget 2024 related to the future intention that caught your attention?
1: There were two uh, comments which the FM made in the budget speech, uh, which were very interesting. So one, she mentioned that they want the next generation of reforms and which would need for consensus to be built up with the states. Now, what the government uh, did not say was what specific areas did they have in mind? this is something of great interest because, you know, there are things like urbanization or power sector reforms, which are all to do with the state governments or the way uh, the state governments uh, interact with the investors. So there are several issues. Uh, This is something of great interest and we should watch out for for this in the future. And the second thing was that the finance minister mentioned that there would be a committee to set up to address the challenges related to population growth and demographic changes. Now, one of the uh, things that we have been emphasizing when we say that India has a great future is the demographic dividend that we have. So again, this would be something of keen interest to know what are the terms of reference that the government has in mind for such a committee and uh, what are the concerns and uh, where is the government thinking going in this area. Again, I'd say this is something to be watched out for in the coming uh,
0: months. Thank you, Rajneesh, for joining us today and sharing such valuable inputs. Me and our listeners sure have a greater understanding of highlights of budget and also the budget impact in manufacturing and climate change sector.
1: Thanks. Uh, It was a pleasure. And thank you once again for the opportunity.
0: Thank you. On that note, we come to end of this episode. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us in this insightful discussion. Stay tuned for our next podcast. Until then, if you would like us to cover any specific topic for discussion, please feel free to share it with us on our website or markets.eyindia at in.ey.com. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye.